I have something brand new that I'm super excited to share with you. It's called the Community Creators Hub, and I've made it just for you. You can search through every episode of this podcast by keyword, download all of my favorite guides and resources, and find all of my recommended tools for community creators. And the best part? It's completely free. Just go to Community Creators Hub, that's Community Creators Hub, H-U-B, dot com to get your free access. All right, I'm super curious if you are going to be adding gamification or maybe up-leveling your existing gamification inside of your program. If you do, please shoot me a message on Instagram at Shanna Speaks. I cannot wait to hear about your gamification strategy. This is for you, the online business owner who wants to maximize your profit and multiply your impact. I'm Shanna, host of the Community Creators Podcast. I've spent over a decade helping top brands and entrepreneurs create thriving communities that increase their reach, retention, and revenue. This podcast is where I share my best insights and invite you into conversations with the world's leading community creators and cultivators. So grab your favorite mug, fill it up, and let's get started. Well, friends, you've been asking me to record this episode for a long time. You are finally getting an episode on how to gamify your online program. So I was in a client meeting this week, and they brought up the topic of gamification. They're like, Shanna, we really want to start gamifying this membership in order to get members to be able to participate more. Well, how do we develop a gamification plan? I started to break it down for them and realized, well, I should probably break this down for you all as well. So that's what we're going to be doing today. There's really two parts to this episode. First, I want you to understand what you're looking for when it comes to triggers. So gamification, the entire purpose of it isn't just to make the membership a party or the course a party, although that is super fun, right? The purpose of gamification is to give people rewards that motivate them to take action. Well, that means that there needs to be some sort of trigger, right, for getting that reward. So we're going to be talking about two things. The first is the different kinds of triggers that you can be looking for inside of your online program and mapping out. And then how do you determine the rewards for those different triggers? Okay, first, let's talk about triggers. There's four different kinds of triggers that you can be mapping out for your program. And my recommendation is that you do this as a team. You have everybody listen to this episode, and then you all take time to map out as many triggers as you can possibly think of. This isn't the time to be editing your thoughts or your ideas. You want to brainstorm as many of these triggers as possible, and then you can start narrowing them down. Now, the easiest way to narrow these triggers down is going to be based on what you can actually track. Many of you are going to be limited by the lack of data that you are able to collect, or maybe it would just be something that's really cumbersome to track, like how many times does somebody comment in a Facebook group? So that's usually going to help you narrow down to just a few triggers. But here are the four different categories that I want you to be brainstorming around. The first category of triggers is time. And this is pretty simple. How long have they been in your program? 
For membership owners, this is probably the easiest one. Have they been a member for six months, a member for a year, a member for two years? Do you have some type of recognition for your longer term members? You know, I had one client who had at six months, I think you became a silver member. At one year, you became a gold member. And at two years, you became a diamond member. People really wanted to get that diamond status. Sometimes it's just the status that you give them, but sometimes there are special perks or calls associated with that. But we'll talk about that in the rewards section. Okay, so the first one is time. Simply how long have you been around here? The second trigger that you can be evaluating are actions. What actions are our members or course participants taking that we want to see more of and we want to reward, right? So actions can be like, watch 10 hours of training inside of our content hub. Visited the content hub so many times in a row, right? You think about Peloton or Duolingo where you can learn a language. A lot of those apps have streak awards. I think about my son who has taught himself how to play piano through this piano app And he gets these awards for all of the streaks that he gets, one week streak, uh, one month streak, and then he gets reminders like, you don't want to break your streak. We haven't seen you today. Where are you? So you can also do by how many times in a row they're showing up. You could also do something like commented on X amount of posts or showed up to X amount of live calls. But you're really going to be dictated here by the platform you're using for your community, the platform you're using for your content, and your ability to track this kind of information. But remember, at first, we just want to brainstorm ideas around those actions, okay? The third type of trigger that you want to brainstorm are milestones. And these milestones can be big and they can be small. So inside of that piano app that my son uses There are big courses, so it's like beginner one, beginner two, beginner three, intermediate one, and then once you get to the end of each of those courses, you unlock additional songs that you can now play on the piano, and you get the badge, and you get the new status of being at an advanced level. And as you get more advanced, you're actually able to unlock these like specialty courses around like classical piano, for example. So that is really milestone-based gamification. Now it is actions, but it's actions that are helping them achieve a certain milestone. So you want to separate those two things. There are actions that help people achieve a milestone, but that milestone recognition is a little bit different. It's like, for example, with Peloton, when you reach like a PR, like a personal record, or I think, I think PR stands for personal record. I don't know. Clearly, I'm not a Peloton user and I don't exercise. So there's that. But when you reach a new PR, your personal best, right, then that is a a milestone. But it was the action of showing up consistently that got you there. So hopefully that helps you understand the difference between the two. And like I said, milestones can be small. Like, for example, you finished your first quilt. You're in a quilting membership and you finished your first quilt. Way to go. Then maybe you sold your first quilt. Maybe that is a bigger milestone. 
maybe a milestone is something like you got your first subscriber on your email list. And then a bigger milestone is like you made your first $100,000. So they can be small and they can be big, but we want to make sure we have a good mix of both. And I just want to have a special note here for those in the online space. I was just talking to another client last week, and they were talking about how they do have actually milestones and gamification around some pretty big revenue numbers. But They wanted to start creating milestones that are non-revenue based. Again, going back to like having these smaller milestones that lead up to the revenue. So for example, you launched your podcast or you got your first thousand followers on TikTok. Those would be non-revenue based milestones. And if you're teaching people business, you want to make sure that you have some non-revenue based milestones as well. I will say this, if you do not have a success path, this can be pretty challenging. But if you have a success path created for your online program, then it's going to make it a lot easier. Go back to episode number seven to learn all about the success path. All right, so we have time-based triggers, action-based triggers, and milestone-based triggers. And the fourth one are behavior Based triggers, behavior. Now, this may seem a little bit related to actions, and I kind of hesitated a bit to break it out, but then I realized it really is different. So, behavior based triggers go to those that are exemplifying the cultural behaviors of your ideal members. If you go back to episode number two, I talk about that second pillar in my community cultivated framework that helps you create a thriving community. That pillar is culture. And in that, we talk about the importance of having behaviors that you expect inside of your community and how you pour water on and nurture the behaviors that you want to see more of. Well, gamification is a really great way to do that. So for example, you can reward the behavior of supporting other members in the community. You can reward the behavior of sharing. Maybe somebody is always giving away like their best tips and the behind the scenes of what they're doing to benefit others. You could reward the behavior of somebody who maybe was experiencing a perceived failure or a setback and they recovered from that. They came back from that and they didn't give up right? That's a behavior that we could award. Maybe they get the get back up award. I don't know what it is, but those kinds of behaviors are behaviors that you may want to see in your culture and that you may want to award through your gamification strategy. Okay. So we have time-based triggers, action-based triggers, milestone-based triggers, and then the behavior triggers. Those are all of the things I want you to brainstorm around as a team, okay? And then again, you're going to come back together and you're going to be able to easily eliminate some of these because you simply can't track it yet from a technology perspective. Some of them you could track, but it would be extremely time consuming for the team to be able to track it. Well, those get eliminated. And then you're going to make sure that you have a really good mix of time, action, milestone, and behavior-based triggers, and those that would serve people at the earlier stages and the later stages, those big wins and small wins. All right, that's it on triggers. Now what do we do? What are the rewards that we're going to provide people when they reach these different milestones or do these certain actions when the trigger happens, okay? So when I think about rewards, I often go back to thinking about the the five love languages, okay? The five love languages, 
So when I think about rewards, I often start thinking about the five love languages. If you're not familiar with that, I talk in detail about the five love languages in episode 18. So you can go back to that episode to learn more. But essentially, it's how humans receive love and is well studied, okay? So we're going to talk about just a few of those. They don't all apply in this scenario, but one of them in particular does apply, and that is quality time. So you can actually give your time as a reward. So this could be one-on-one, like they get a particular 15-minute coaching call with you or something like that, or it could be like an in-person meetup because they've reached this particular milestone or they've been around for a certain amount of time. Now at your live events, they get to do like behind the scenes in the morning or an after-the-event Q&A, or they get to go a day early to do a meetup with you, a casual meetup. So that is how you can leverage this quality time aspect. And it could also be a coaching call that's like a group coaching call, for example. So one of my clients has 14,000 members and she was recently getting feedback from those members who had been around for a long time that they kind of felt like they needed their own call. They had different concerns and issues and they wanted to feel special. Let's be honest, they just wanted to feel special because they'd been around for a while. So she has created a special call for what she calls her OG members and those members get to participate in a call once they've reached one year in the membership. They have a special call. Again, quality time. That time is a way to reward people. The second way that we can reward people that relates back to those five love languages is with gifts, the love language of gift giving. Now, I want you to think about this two different ways. One is a monetary gift. So this could be, for example, giving somebody a free membership for a month or a couple of months. And the other is non-monetary. And this is something like swag, right? I have one client, another client who has a swag store and nobody ever buys anything from this store. And we're gonna shut it down for a little bit, but we're just sort of putting it on hold because we want to start to incorporate some gamification elements where they can earn points that they can then turn around and redeem at the swag store. I've been a recipient of swag before for being an alumni member of a community. I've been a recipient for, you know, there's like a contest that I'm participating in and I do the activity and now I get to like redeem something at the swag store. And it could also be a gift that is personalized to them. It could be a note in the mail. That's kind of going to lead us into the, the third reward. But that opening of that note in the mail still has that feeling of a gift, right? But what I want you to understand is that it doesn't have to be monetary. When I was working in a previous role, we did little pins, little badges like those, not like writing pins, but like wear it pins because they also got a backpack as a gift. But we did these little pins when she reached different milestones or or received different awards inside the program, you got a special pin to put on your backpack. So think about that as it relates to gifts. So we have time rewards, we have gift rewards, and then we have affirmation. This is the one that I think is probably the most underestimated, but really, really speaks to the human soul. And it is one of the five love languages. I do talk in episode 59 about something called the progress wheel. 
How do we keep our members moving and motivated to take action? And one feature of that progress wheel is the spotlight. And that's where we shine a spotlight on the progress that they have made. And then ultimately, we point them back to the purpose. So that spotlight can be a really big spotlight, and it can be just some words of affirmation. This can be as simple as acknowledging somebody in the comments in your community, recognizing something that they have done, recognizing a behavior that they have or action that they've taken or milestone that they've reached. It could be a private message that you send them. It could again be a note in the mail. Those words of affirmation go much, much further than you would expect. And I will just say, this is probably the one that I struggle with the most. In fact, I used to have a a note on my computer that was like, affirm your employee, (laughs) because I was really, really bad at affirmation. I still struggle with it a lot. But my husband's love language is words of affirmation. And it's just not something that I need. It's not as much for me as it is for him. And so it's something I've tried to get better at. But what I have learned over time, because I am so bad at this, I see the impact it has on people to not receive it. And so sometimes when people go into your community and they post their milestone achievement, or they are an example of the behaviors that you want to encourage and see, and you don't recognize them, they don't feel the shine of that spotlight, you don't give them words of affirmation, no matter how small, it almost has a negative effect. The absence of affirmation is a really interesting thing. Because the absence of gift is really not that big of a deal. Absence of special time, really not that big of a deal. But the absence of affirmation when people feel like they should receive it, which is probably more often than you think, can do something to their confidence. It could do something to eliminate trust. So you really want to pay attention to that one, that third one, affirmation. All right, the fourth reward that we can give to people for gamification is fame. Fame. (laughs) What do I mean by fame? Well, some people are okay with just the casual affirmation of an acknowledgement and a comment or a note in the mail or something like that. But then there's the next level up, which is fame. That is giving them a really, really bright spotlight, okay? It is featuring them in the newsletter, featuring them on your podcast, featuring them in your community. And there's lots of different ways that you can do this. So I know some people that say once you reach a certain milestone, you get to get interviewed on their podcast, right? So that's really big. I know people that at the beginning of all of their question and answer sessions, their Q&As inside of their community, they highlight a whole bunch of wins inside of the community. I also know that when some people do these awards that are, let's just say, we used to call them paper plate awards in my sorority in college, which wasn't a trophy. It really didn't mean anything. It was just the fact that like you won this award in and of itself, you got that recognition. So oftentimes when we give these awards, we can elevate that feeling by then also layering in the fame, which means that, yes, you're going to get the Better Together Award or you're going to get the Get Back Up Award or whatever it is, and we're going to feature you at the beginning of the Q&A, and we're going to post in our community that you've received this award, okay? Two different types of rewards here. So one is the actual like giving them the designation of getting that award. And the other is giving them the spotlight because they've received that. And sometimes this is like at your live event, they get to walk the stage, they get to take the picture with you. A lot of people do that kind of stuff, but it doesn't have to be that extreme. 
right? But getting that recognition in front of others, not just from you, is the fame aspect of the reward. And then the final type of reward that you can give is the contribution reward. And I put this last because this is probably the one that the fewest people do. And when you have a reward like this, it is probably the most motivating in the end. So when we do contribution rewards, I really like to think about reserving this for a smaller group of people and for a lot of things like behaviors and milestones and all sorts of things all come together. It shouldn't be something that like is really easy to achieve. But what is a contribution reward? Well, humans like to contribute. They like to feel like they belong. It's one of the reasons that communities work so well because people feel like they're able to contribute to the greater good and the bigger mission of the community. But when we give people a very special opportunity to contribute in a very specific way, that gives them this feeling of exclusivity while also pulling on this desire of a human, like this internal desire to be able to use your gifts and skills to contribute and give back, which feels very good. It fills our cup up. So contribution can look like once you reach a certain level of success, you've been around, let's say you've been in the program for two years and you've reached this big $100,000 milestone or whatever it is, now you get to apply to become one of our community mentors. And becoming a community mentor can look like showing up in the community, you're a featured group expert, whatever that might be. Some people do this. For example, there's a guy named Erico and he has like black belts, right? It's like green, yellow, whatever. I don't know what the order is. But when you become a black belt, I think you now can be a coach. So you can review other people's work and you support in the community. So it's really smart on his part because people want to achieve that milestone so that they can then apply to become a support person in the community and contribute, which also increases the value overall of his program. Kind of genius, right? Now, I will say this about the contribution ones. It's really important to me that there are other qualifications than just, for example, like, hey, you reached this revenue milestone. I think when somebody is contributing to your community and pouring in and they're representing you in a way that you want to have some type of application process that goes along with that as well, that can make sure that they meet the other qualifications. But you can set a really, really, really big milestone to have a contribution reward like this. And what it means is now you get to apply, you get to apply to be in this contributor role, right? Not necessarily that you get it, but you get to apply so that you can check all those other qualifications that are really important when somebody is going to be involved and representing your community in such a way. And I will just say I have another client who does, they just started a version of this where they have members that have reached a certain level of success in their program and have implemented what they teach. They've experienced a transformation and they want to highlight those testimonials and those stories. And they do, they pick essentially like a member of the month and they do, they essentially pick like a member of the month and they feature them in the newsletter. Well, now they have that member have a certain period of time in the group where they get this post and it's like, ask this person, ask this star of our membership for that particular day. They'll go in and they'll do a QA and a right there in the chat in the community. So that was a really interesting thing I thought they were doing that is a limited contribution, 
but is still adding additional value to getting that affirmation and recognition of having been a successful member. Like they're just layering in the reward by giving them the ability to contribute, which is so smart. Okay, so rewards, we have time rewards, gift rewards, both monetary and non-monetary. We have affirmation, we have fame and contribution. So as you go through and you look at all of your triggers that you have mapped out that you want to highlight, you can leverage any of these based on how many people you think will achieve those different milestones or how much effort it took to achieve that particular action, how many people you're going to reward with that particular behavior, and you can determine what you're going to do from a rewards perspective and how you're going to incorporate that gamification into your program. Just a little piece of advice. This does not have to be some big live award show. It does not have to be like this big celebration in their members area where you've got all these badges, which some of you are going to be limited by that. It can just be something really small, like that recognition on the Q&A and then a note in the mail. It can be a mention in the community. There's lots of things that we can do. It could be a post in the community with a specific graphic where every month you highlight the people who have received that particular award. It takes a lot less to create gamification than we think it does, which is why I believe so many program owners don't have gamification is because they overcomplicate it and they try and create the Peloton version of it or the Duolingo version of it from day one. Your platform probably isn't built for that. I'm just going to be honest with you, but that doesn't mean that you can't take advantage of the many, many benefits of gamifying your program. So I want you to start small and use this to brainstorm big but start small and know that you can always layer in more as you're able to track more. Hey friend, thanks for listening. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe. Then do me a favor and leave a review letting me know what you want to hear more of. To learn more about the show or connect with me, head to shanalyn.com. That's S-H-A-N-A-L-Y-N-N.com. Until next time. Hey, if you're serious about creating a thriving online community, then you need to really understand the four foundations of every thriving community. I'm going to teach it to you in a free seven-minute training. That's right. It's just seven minutes. You don't even have to give me your email address to get access. All you have to do is go to freecommunitytraining.com or DM me the word training over on Instagram to get access.